Good morning, church. We're going to go ahead and get started. If you'd make your way to the seats and stand with us, we're going to start with worship. We're glad you're here this morning, facing adversity, the rock and roll marathon to get here. Uh, today, we're going to get started with worship. So if you would, in whatever way you feel comfortable, let's, let's pray together. Uh, Heavenly Father, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to be present here with us. That while we worship you, you would just be filling our hearts filling the space. God, that you would take away all distractions from our minds and that we would just be able to focus on you and what you're doing this morning. We invite you this morning into our hearts. Open our hearts up to you, Lord. We love you and pray these things in your name. Amen. Let's worship.
everyone. Thanks for joining us for uh, this Advent season. Um, uh, someone kindly nominated my wife and I to lead a reading this morning for uh, for the, the liturgy. So um, I'm going to turn this over to my wife for the first reading and verse. Today we celebrate Jesus being present with us by lighting the candle of love. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus doesn't wait for us to get our act together. He comes to be present with us in our weakness, our pain, weariness, and mess. Isaiah 7:14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Our second reading for this morning comes from Matthew 1:18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill, fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus.
morning, everyone. It's great to be worshiping with the body of Christ this morning. Amen. My name is Jared, and I'm honored to be leading communion this morning. Holy communion is not just a ritual to be observed, but a blessing to be received. It has two parts, and likewise, two blessings. Healing of your body and wholeness in being forgiven with Jesus through the new covenant. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. At the cross, God took all of our sickness and disease and put them on Jesus' originally perfect and healthy body so that we can walk in divine health. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live what is right. By his wounds you are healed. In Jesus' name say, I believe and receive the bodily healing of Jesus and take the bread with me. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. When we drink from the cup, we are declaring that we are forgiven and have been made righteous. Jesus' blood he shed on the cross gives us right standing before God, and we can go boldly in God's presence. In Jesus' name, say, I believe and receive the forgiveness of sins through the washing of the blood. And now let's drink. Morning. My name is Kate. <laughs> you got to see my other half just now. <laughs> um, welcome. We are, we are so glad that you're worshiping with us this morning during this Advent holiday season. Um, it's an honor to welcome you here. Um, like I said, my name is Kate, and um, just welcome. Welcome to our church family. Um, if you are new in person with us, hopefully you have yet to receive or you haven't yet received, it's in the back table, a welcome bag. And in that is a connect card. We would love to just get to know you a little bit more, your name, email address, if you are willing to be added to our weekly church email, your phone if you'd like to share, and then of course a prayer request. Um, if you're online and new with us, we also hope that you'll visit connect.missionvineyard.org. You can fill that same form out online as well, and just further connect with our church. Um, stay updated on all the things that are happening, not just on Sunday, but throughout the week. And, um, and also, if you're new, in that bag is a manna bag, in that welcome bag. And um, in the manna bag are some practical gift items that are to be handed out to someone that you may encounter throughout the week in need. There are just practical things to, to meet an individual's needs. So we hope that you will um, take one of those and hand those out throughout the week as well. And then there's some other fun swag in that gift bag as well. So you don't want to miss out on that welcome bag. Um, any Connect cards can be given at the welcome table at the back. If you have questions, um, Arlita mans that table. Um, and with that, uh, our church is really a church of small groups. And so I invite you to join in on our small groups to try out. Um, they all have different flavors, um, but it's for everyone for every walk of life that you're in. 
<laughs> John's laughing at flavors. <laughs> um, there are so many that I can't even begin to go through them all, but you can visit smallgroup.missionvineyard.org, and that has been updated um, very recently. In fact, we have three small groups that are meeting today that are our monthly small groups. So lots happening. Youth are meeting right after the service. Um, if you are a youth and have questions, um, Katie and Bruce in the back can answer, answer those. Um, so wave, Katie. <laughs> um, we would love to get the youth connected with those too. We also have our worship circle that's meeting this afternoon from 3 to 5. That is for anyone with a heart of worship. You do not have to have any special superstar talents. Um, but check in with Destiny and James. They're in the back as well. Um, that's from 3 to 5 at their home, and it's just a great time of worship and fellowship um, together. And then uh, at our house this afternoon from 5 to 7, we have a family group that meets, and um, it's really just a casual, fun time of family fellowship and dinner, um, especially meant for those with younger age children. So we, I would love to invite you to that, and you can connect with me if you um, are planning to attend and need our address. Uh, with that, oh, and there's one other thing. Next Sunday, we are starting off our Christmas uh, holiday carols, and so it's super fun. <laughs> Yay! A little bit different this year, we are meeting in the parking lot of the Duseum. So we are not meeting at the Lamar Elementary parking lot. We're meeting at the Duseum parking lot. By 5.30, we'll um, load up in some form of a trailer um, I believe, and <laughs> truck it around the Mankey Park neighborhood singing Christmas carols, and it's just a really fun, joyful time of singing to those around the neighborhood. And of course, children are welcome. We'll have hot cocoa um, and just some great cheer. So that's at 5.30. I think it lasts about an hour or so. And it starts next Sunday, the 12th, and it will do it again on um, the following Sunday. So that happens two times. So we'll, we invite you to one or both of those. And then I'm going to pray over our service and our gifts and our tithes and hand it over to John. So Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you that you are with us, that you are near, um, that your presence is not only within us, but um, in this room, Lord. And so I invite more of you and your presence into this service this morning. Would you bless the words that um, John has prepared, God? I pray over all the gifts and tithes and offerings that are being made, whether online or in person. Father, would you multiply those gifts to your kingdom work? Um, and I pray just blessing and provision over this church and for those um, that are in this church with us. So thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Kate. Good morning, Mission Vineyard. Good morning. God's up to something really fun. I have not had so much courage in the midst of trial ever in my life. I've never felt like I've been called to so much courage in the midst of trial ever in my life. Welcome to Advent. <laughs> this is Advent. Advent causes us to pause in the midst of all of life and welcome Jesus in, and he does something. He does something as we pause we light these candles this morning as part of that pause, but also as a preparation, inviting the light of Christ right here, right now. And we do it together, which helps in the courage part, right? Uh, we talk about small groups, but uh, my small group this past week, 
I feel like was intentionally for me. Sometimes I feel like I, I take over sometimes, not in like I'm teaching, because we have a wonderful small group leader, but I feel like my needs become overwhelming to the group. It's okay though, right, Jared? And God did something this past week for me in setting me free. I mean, John, what, you haven't been set free? You're like pastoring the church, you're, you know, in your 40s, like what's your problem? If you know Jesus, you know this being set free thing never stops. Oh my goodness, there was an amen there. I'm going to say it again. If you know Jesus, you know this being set free thing never stops. Okay, have some hope. Have some hope there. You've heard some amens. You are not being done. You are not done being set free. You're not done. God is still doing the set freeness. He's still doing the arrivalness. He's still doing the hopeness. He's still arriving in our midst. And so Advent is this preparation time where we pause, where we prepare. But then part of us, part of us leans in prophetically. You think, John, I'm not a prophet. I'm not going to like start telling people stories before they happen. That's not what I do. No, we encourage, lean in, to speak, to speak what God's going to do. God's about to do some things here. We speak about the freedom that God's going to bring in our lives, especially when we don't feel that freedom. Especially when it seems like the competition is plenty free. Oh boy, don't I hate the world sometimes in the way they try to fake out how free they are. Freedom looks like this. Freedom looks like that. And obviously that's not me. Oh, what a lie. Let's just name it right now. We are not done being set free. We're not done. We're never done until Jesus comes back and he says, it's finished. So part of Advent is that prophetic lifestyle in that pausing, in that preparation, but also leaning in to say, God's not done, but he's going to be. He's not done yet. I'm still being set free. I'm not done being set free. But one day, one day, he's going to come and he's going to finish it off. I loved um, my wife's sermon last week, not because she's my wife, but because she leaned into something that the Lord told her about the season. Jesus was, Jesus is, Jesus will be. the hope of the world. And then there's been a scripture that's been sort of wrapping this in for us week after week from John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness. Whoever follows me doesn't have to be trapped in unfreedom. Whoever follows me, darkness continues to be dispelled. Whoever follows me will have the light of, say it with me, life. Say it again, life. 
Boy, Jared, thank you for leading us this morning in communion. There was, there was two things I wish you would have just preached to this morning, Jared. In the name of Jesus, there were two prayers, one for the blood and one for the body of Christ. In the name of Jesus, say it again. I'm calling you out now. You got to read it. You got to pull it out. But there's, God is asking us to lean into his miracle work. In the name of Jesus, say, I believe and I receive the bodily healing of Jesus. How's that for reaching into freedom? Leaning in prophetically to freedom. And then with the body. In Jesus' name, say, I believe and receive forgiveness of sins through the washing of the blood. I believe and I receive the forgiveness of sins by the washing of the blood. This is a season of, there's something happening. I'm sorry if you're here, every service is great, but there's something, the Lord's presence is doing, he's here. It's not just because we're going to be talking about Emmanuel today. God with us, he's here. And you may not have come with much hope of being set free this morning. In fact, the competition of this world might have been causing you to stumble a little bit like, oh, I guess I'm broken. Maybe some shame is pouring in like, well, I, I, guess, I guess I can't experience Christmas like I used to. My heart isn't going to feel the same as it used to. Because whatever circumstances are going on and, and doing that competition against the world or some other families or maybe the lights on their house or their apartment are bigger and brighter. I got the reminder this morning as I looked out the window in front and our neighbor, I help him and he, he sends lights across his tree to my tree and it's just beautiful. The whole street is lit up. And I was reminded, <laughs> this is sort of sad, funny thing, as all of the inflatables were deflated and it looked like somebody had, had wiped them all out. And uh, it may be that you feel that way this morning, but there is some amazing life and freedom that God wants to bring this morning. So I want, I want to pray, Lord Jesus, uh, I'm really excited because I just sense in a palpable way that you're here, that there's like a strong agreement with uh, freedom this morning and courage that you want to give to people just like you've given to me. So I ask, Lord, that it wouldn't be me and it wouldn't be my courage and it wouldn't be my freedom. It would be yours. In the name of Jesus, God, you would speak and just consecrate every word that I'm saying this morning, this time again, consecrated to you for you and your glory, that you would be made known, God with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. So the question I want to pose this morning is what would it look like in your life if God was with you today? What would it look like? Practical things, going to grocery store shopping, what would it look like? Oh, I had some friends just, especially with the pandemic going on, they were so angry going shopping. It was just, just anxiety producing for them to walk into HEB. All right, what would it look like if God was with you? Grocery shopping. What would it look like if God was with you having that hard conversation with that family member? 
Where would it look? I mean, really, like next to you. Imagine the chairs. What would it look like if while you're paying those bills and you go, oh, it's not there, but God was with you? What would it look like in the midst of addiction? There's some folks in this church that are in recovery, beautifully in recovery. I celebrate with them every day, every week, every month, every six months I heard from a friend. Free! What would it look like if God was with you in the waking up and wishing that you could get high again? There's a scripture I want to root us in today. This is 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, and it's going to relate to another scripture that we'll dig into as well. But let me read this with us this morning. This is 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. In this, in this, the love of God was made manifest. It was revealed. It was broken open. The love of God became real, absolutely real among us in this way, in this love. The love of God was made manifest among us. That, here's what it looks like. God sent his son, his only son, into the world so that we might live through him. That we might live through him. In this is love. This is the gift. This is the gift of Jesus. God with us, Emmanuel. Today we light the love candle. This is it. That we live through him. This is love. Not that we have loved God. It doesn't, love isn't a religious practice of saying, all right, I'm going to do it again. Strive and strive. It's not, I went to church, especially on Christmas Eve. You're very welcome. Can't wait to see you. But that's not it. It is, it is that he loved us and sent his son to take away our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So this is This is part of the way that we receive love today. God with us, Emmanuel. It's all about love. What does love look like? That God is with us. If God is with us, what does it look like? That we live through him. That we live through him. I was reading some in the Old Testament about what it means to uh, that God would come. So before Jesus Uh, the the prophets, Moses, Joshua, they would say to all the people, hey guys, God's about to do something in your midst. Consecrate yourself. What does that mean? Set yourself apart. Make yourself ready. Make sure that everything that you're doing is through him. Because he's about to do some things. Now what happens if God's about to do some things and our lives are not doing those things. If we are separate, if we're not ready to go through him, if we're doing things pushing and thinking that we can do it on our own, what happens? Well, God still does his stuff, but we miss out on the love. We miss out. I was challenged, and uh, this is a season, if you 
run any sort of organization. Maybe your year end is this year, and uh, for the church, that's the same way. So we have the season of planning, and we come to October, we start praying. Maybe you were involved in that prayer, and then the board comes together, and we talk about what it might look like for next year. How do we follow Jesus into that year? And then we lean into... uh, uh, a planning. Okay, next year, every month, what is it about? And what are the sermons going to be like? And how do we plan our finances? And boy, I love that because I'm a visionary, I'm a dreamer. And boy, church, I could plan a hundred things for you and burn you out. It would be, not for the burnout wouldn't be fun, but boy, I would get a lot of pride in it. Why? And you might be like this too. Maybe it's just me. I love, I would love if our church was like spectacular enough that people would be attracted to it because of all of our activity. That's real. Like, I'd love that our church, and we have been known for, like, pulling more weight than our size. Literally, there are other churches that look at our church and go, oh, they're like the little engine that could that's always pulling more (laughs) than their size. For years, we've committed as a church to much more than we should. And God's always bailed us out. It's like we keep on saying, God, would you bless this mess? Bless this mess, God. God, we just love being active. Would you bless this mess? And it's not always like that. I'm I'm, I'm being a little funny. But there is this sense of like leaning into planning for the sake of justifying our life by our activity instead of justifying our life by his love. Christmas can be like that. And let me tell you, as a leader... It can feel like that, that all I want to do is justify my life by what other, people's would, other people would do to, 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 to think or approve of me. So this whole Advent season of God with us asks us to pause and to prepare and to think prophetically, not into our own activity, but I just love this world. This word, so that we might live through him. So here's the way it specifically looked like for me. I had all these things right now. I was so excited for you all and all the activities you were going to do. I was just like a cruise director and you were going to have some fun. <laughs> the weekly things, the monthly things, the quarterly things, the annual things, all the things. We were going to do so many things. And the Lord spoke to me, and it just went, you know, the Lord doesn't hit us. He just, he doesn't. But he just goes, hey. And he did, the, he did, hey, are you doing this for me? Or are you doing this for yourself? And so I went through every single thing. And here's the question that the Lord asked me. If this was about loving me and experiencing my love, what would it look like? If your life was about experiencing his love and loving him, what would it look like? What would it look like if Jesus was really here with us? Not that he spun the world and went, hey, have some fun and make sure it looks good. No, if he's here with us, then his love is literally here. And that's all we need to live. In fact, it's everything that we need to live. God with us. It looks like, I think the beginning of it is, God, 
What would it look like if my grocery shopping, my relationships, my bills, my work, my family stuff, all of it, what would it look like if it was all based around your love? Not around what I feel like I need to get done, not around what I feel like I need to do to justify myself, just based on your love, loving you and receiving your love. John 3.16 spells this out. John 3.16, some of you know it. John 3.16 gives us the story of, of this contrast and what it means that God, when we don't live that way, what happens? So the gospel writer, Jesus is speaking to the people and he, and he puts it this way. He says, as Moses lifted up a bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness... That's weird. If you don't know that story, this is a weird scripture to go to, and so I'm going to explain it to you. So the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So at the beginning of the world, what happens? How does the world begin? God makes it. He's feeling good about it, creates some things, separates water, separates light from darkness, and says, oh, this is good. And then he gets to human beings. He says, whoa, this is really good. And then human beings go, this is really good. So how can I do it on my own? Because God's probably holding out on his love. I'm a little disappointed. And the enemy sneaks in there like a snake, as a snake, and says, you know, God's keeping some stuff from you, so you probably should just do it on your own. You know that dating relationship you wanted? Just do it on your own. You know that money that you needed? Just do it on your own. You know that... Just do it on your own. And so they do. They do it on their own, and they remove themselves from God's love. They remove themselves from God being with them. They remove themselves from the Son of God being sent in the world so that they might live through him. They remove themselves from all of that. And all of a sudden, our world is torn up. It becomes a complete disaster. It becomes a place that needs to be condemned because evil was destroying and defacing the world and preventing God's people, his good creation, from coming forward into his new world. It's from N.T. Wright I'm quoting there. There's, there's a stoppage. There's When we separate ourselves, although God's with us, we go, no, I'm going to break for just a moment. We start outside of the light. If you're not in the light, you are in the darkness. And if you're in the darkness, you start participating in a way that not only destroys yourself, but also makes way for the destruction of others. It defaces the world. Without the love of God guiding your life, without doing everything through him, we start participating in defacing the world. It starts with us. Remember that relationship that you started on your own? Well, where did it go? Remember that striving to get that money? Well, how'd that end up? Remember that relationship that you were just going to will yourself to make it? 
And all of a sudden, our will, separated from love, messes it all up. Moses leading the people through the promised land. There's uh, their freedom from Egypt. They're experiencing this freedom. They get away from Egypt. They get into the desert, and they have to keep like asking different lands if they can walk through in order to get where they're going. So they say, hey, Edom, can I get through? I won't drink any water. I won't go through any of your fields. And they say, no. They say, come on, we need to just get through. No, and so then a battle begins. All kinds of wars happen. They're in strife and struggle. And so Moses, in his fear and trembling, although God says, don't do this, I'm going to provide for you, he strikes a rock and water pours out. And Israel's provided for, they get water, but Moses isn't allowed to enter the promised land. He separates himself from that love. And because of that, God's judgment comes out. In the midst of that, all the people are grumbling and they're just angry at Moses. They said, we're done with God's provision. We want more, we want more, we want more, and we're going to do it ourselves. And God lets snakes to go forth, his judgment to come forth, and people start dying left and right from snake bites. And they go to Moses and they said, hey, we know we went our own way. Can you just, can you help us? You need to fix this. I, I, we know that we, we, we removed ourselves from the love of God. We knew that God was with us, but we just, we wanted to go it our way. And Moses says, okay. And he goes to the Lord and the Lord says, lift up a serpent on a pole and have the people look at it and they'll be set free. And so Jesus uses this analogy for himself. As Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. When we go our own way, there is a curse that ends up in our own lives. When we go in our own way, the darkness settles, and it's not enough that we just go our own way, and God says, well, it's fine. You're not doing real evil. No, he wants us to abide in his love. He wants us to do everything through him. And so don't be surprised when we go our own way that a curse lands that needs to be redeemed, that a judgment lands, because at some point Jesus will judge us all. When he makes everything right, when final freedom comes, it'll be because he judges evil for what it is. Advent is that time when we say, come, Lord Jesus, be with us. But we don't realize that part of that is the judgment of our sin that needs to be removed. We've gone our own way, and it needs to stop. And so here's the blessing. This is N.T. Wright again. He says, all we can do, just as it was, all the Israelites could do, is to look up and trust. To look at Jesus, to see in him the full display of God's saving love and to trust him. All we can do. And as we do, here's the promise. There are some things in your life that you have just gone your own way and a curse has settled on your life. It could be that sometime in your life, a curse settled on you from someone else. Here's my story. As a high school student, I was lazy. I didn't know what I was doing. And so the teachers that were around me, I don't know why they did this, but they said, you know what, John, you're always going to be lazy. There's no hope for you. 
They test me for ADD. They test me for all kinds of stuff. They said, no, you don't have anything wrong with you, except you're just lazy and you'll always be lazy. So now today, I struggle with shame that I'll always be broken, that there's always something wrong with me. A curse has settled. And I continue now, thanks to stuff like small group, some other courses that I'm in right now, God continues to set me free. I welcome him into that past and I look for him. And I ask, this is, there's actually something called Emmanuel prayer where we focus on that memory and we ask, Lord Jesus, where were you? Where were you, Lord? Because this curse settled on my life and I want to be set free. Sometimes we enter into curses ourselves through sin. Sometimes we enter into curses through the woundings of other people. And we need to be set free. All we can do is in the midst of our trouble, look to, look to Jesus and trust. As that snake was lifted up in the middle of those snake bites, so everyone who believes in Jesus will have eternal life. They will be set free. They will regain their courage. They will. They will get what's good for them. They will get the love that God intends for us. They will be able to live in that love. They will be able to live through Jesus in freedom instead of feeling like they've got to strive for something else. They will because Jesus has been lifted up. Now, I want you to get this picture for a second. Just as this pole was lifted up, as Jesus was lifted up to take the curse of those snakes, so the cross has been lifted up for us. Every single curse in our lives, every single sin that needs to be dealt with, every single agenda that we have, the cross has been lifted up for that. We are made to live through him. And so he says, just look. Put it on me. You've got shame? Put it on me. You've got your own agenda that's gotten you into a mess? Put it on me. You've got your own ambition and you know that it ends nowhere but stress? Put it on me. You got the sadness through Christmas because of your history? Put it on me. And as we look, Emmanuel, God with us, what would it look like if God was with us today? You've got some sheets in front of you, and they're asking these questions, and they're for you to process. If God is here with us, what would it look like? God is here to be with us. So what if my life is an act of love to him? What if my grocery shopping, what if my relationships, what if my finances were an act of love to him? How would I shape them differently? How would I prioritize them differently? What might it look like to reshape and reframe, especially in this Advent season, that was all about love to him? Not about trying to get water for some complaining people. Not about focusing your energy, trying to beat your prior self. What if it was just God with us? What if it was just love from him? If God was with us, what if God was there to love you in the past? There are some places that, some woundings I would never be able to describe in your life. Everyone has lived through a wounding of one type or another where someone withdrew love, where they didn't, they were due love and they, weren't, they didn't get it. 
God wants to show you how he loved you there, how he was able to love you there, and how he can love you for that situation back there. What would it look like? What if I ask him to show me where he was in the midst of that curse that was dealt to me? God is here to save you. He is here. What if I ask him to deal with my sin? You know that thing that keeps keeping you from freedom? Instead of feeling shame or guilt about it, what would it look like if he just dealt with it in the midst of it? What would it look like to look up at the cross and say, God, it's really yours. I really surrender. I don't want to live the same way anymore. I give up my life, my whole life. I really give it up. I really put it on your cross, God. The faith I've been living can't handle the way I've been living. But your cross can. What if you ask him to deal with your sin? What if you really got that freedom? What if you were really able to live in this Advent in a kind of courage that you've never had before because that freedom landed on you through his love? This is what he's offering. God so loved the world. He so loved the world. He sent his son to take away our sins. God, would you be with us today? I don't even need to ask that, God. Thank you for being with us today. In the midst of the scripture, in the midst of the worship, in the midst of communion, in the midst of announcements, you were doing some things, God. And, and God, I'm not ashamed to say that uh, you were doing some things in me, and I, and I just wanted to stay there. I didn't want to preach. But God, would you just show us your love right now? Would you come and be with us right now? Eva and Ethan, would you come up and um, begin to lead us? God began doing some things this morning. He was praying for some of you in a special way. And the prayer team has some specific words for some, some people. We'll have prayer teams in just a moment in this front corner to pray for any emotional, physical, or spiritual need. Up on the screen, someone who needs their blood work to stay balanced. This is specific. You've been look, really looking for this blood work to, to, to get a good report. A problem with someone's esophagus. Again, really leaning into some specific things. There are some people here that just need God's healing, and God is saying, guess what? I've got, I'm here with you. Jesus has an alabaster jar of anointing for you. This is like the most precious the most precious of perfume. This is for you. That he just wants to blow all of it, all the cost. He just wants to give it everything to you. That there, you are so precious. You are the pearl that he just wants to bless with everything that he's got for you. He wants to blow the bank on you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to set you apart. He wants to pay the price for you. Someone that just needs a holy embrace. It may be one of these things. It may be some other need that you're bringing this morning. It could be a relationship that you're really striving in. It could be some financial issue. It could be an addiction. I talked about the addiction before. Just the freedom that God can bring. How the everyday looking to the cross for what he can do. Come, Holy Spirit. I just want to wait. Let's just wait. Come, Holy Spirit. Set us free, God.
give us the courage that we know you have for us, God, the freedom that sets us free to really be free. Come, Lord Jesus. We know we're not done being set free, God. We know. Set us free, God. Set us free from the past. Set us free from our sin today. Set us free to live in the love that you're here with us so we can do everything through you. guys are going to lead a song and and as they're leading would you step into that courage this is a time for courage in the midst of struggle would you step into the courage to receive prayer today would you step into the courage to reveal to the lord yourself and say lord that's me i want to be set free let's worship one more song as you come see a prayer team as you maybe write down some things on this card and i'll come back and send us out with blessing
Jesus, here we are in need of your love. Here we are, Lord, in need of your courage and your freedom. Be with us, God. Emmanuel, God with us, be with us. Live through us, God. That we, we want to live through you and you alone. There is no one like you. Heal us, God, in the places where that life has been broken. Set us free, God. We renounce the lies of any curses in our lives. And we accept fully the life and the love you want to give to us today. You are with us. And we don't have to fear anything. God, set us free from sin. The same way you lifted up that snake and you stopped the curse on people's lives. You stopped those snakes from biting. God, we lift up the cross in our life. The powerful, amazing, glorious cross that can take our sin today. Take it, Lord. Take our sin. Your cross is more powerful than our sin. In courage and in freedom, we declare that we are free because of your cross in our lives. There is no one like you, Lord. There is no one like you. Fill us with your heart. Lead us, God. Set us free. We want to be free in this season, God. Remind us that you're here. As you have the capacity to stand, would you stand and just let that be like an act of freedom in your life, an act of courage, an act of receiving his love? I stand in you, Lord. I stand in you. I stand in you. And would you, in, in faith, if you've got the courage to do this, would you extend your hands? Would you receive this blessing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? God's about to give, he's about to set some freedom right now. He's about to give some courage. Receive the courage of the love of the Lord living through your life in the name of Jesus. Receive the courage that sets you free from your past. Receive the courage and the love that sets you free from your sin today. Receive the courage and love that allows you to live fully in Him. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. There are teams, they're getting, there are folks getting prayer. Line up. When you line up, other people will surround you. There's a bunch of people in here that would love to pray for you. They're trained to pray for you. I want you to have in mind the next couple of weeks, not only are we going to be going out and caroling, but next week we're inviting our friends from One Hope for Kids. We're going to give them a big gift of $3,000 this year, maybe more, depending on how much you guys are saying, oh, I'll set aside that gift and I'll give this to One Hope for Kids. You can do that online or in person, but next week you're invited for just a little snacky lunch after where One Hope for Kids is going to tell you about what they're doing here in the city to set orphans free to loving homes and the love of Jesus. But on the 19th, I want to have, this is two weeks from now, we're going to have some baptisms. If you have never fully surrendered your life to Jesus, this is the, don't let another year go by. 
Don't let what the hard stuff of this year stop you. Have the courage in his love to live your life fully in him and be baptized on the 19th. Consider it. Consider it. This is what the Lord wants for you. Have a great week. Engage in your small groups. Keep getting free. Keep having courage this week. Receive the love of God. Have a great week.